0: Welcome to episode 6 of Game of Wines, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I'm Olivia. I'm Gabby. And I'm Chris. Today we will be discussing Eddard 1 in A Game of Thrones, so make sure you have read the chapter before listening.
1: But first, the news. So, before we talked about that new show, um, House of Dragons, so, we, uh, the New York Post posted um, an article that they have a leak Um, about this new show that's coming out. Um, So they were able to pick up this leak on this Not Safe for Work blog, believe it or not, which normally has nude photos on it, but they are saying that it's a credible leak. Um, And so the leak was saying, first of all, that the first season of this prequel is going to have 10 episodes. So it's going to be pretty long, I'm guessing. And number two, that they are casting for two roles... Um, and one of the roles is supposed to be, uh, there are two female roles. One of them is Rhaenyra Targaryen. Um, and they're looking for someone that's in their late twenties. And then the other role is someone named Alicent Hightower. Um, and she's supposed to be also a female, but she's supposed to be a little bit older. Um, uh, another part of the leak was saying also that filming is currently scheduled to take place next year in the UK and Spain. So this is uh, New York Post so saying this.
0: Woo, I'm excited to see that show. Yep. Should be good. Cool. The Martin message for today. It, this was written August 5th. <clears throat> There's a wonderful writers workshop held every year in New Hampshire, the Odyssey Writers Workshop, headed up by Gene Cavalos for aspiring authors of science fiction, fantasy and horror. I taught one summer at Odyssey a decade or two back. And more recently, I sponsor an annual scholarship there, the Miskatonic Scholarship, for a promising new writer of Lovecraftian cosmic horror. This year, the winner of the Miskatonic Scholarship was Scott Gray. Congratulations, Scott. Unfortunately, thanks to COVID-19, Scott was not able to get together in New Hampshire to terrify his classmates with his tales. No one was able to get together. The pandemic, pandemic forced a cancellation of this year's gathering, but that did not stop Gene odyssey 2020 was still held online as a virtual gathering jean was kind enough to share photos of her class of 2020 jean writes we had an absolutely wonderful odyssey this year despite having to hold it online for six weeks students in their own homes attended over four and a half hours of class each day worked long hours writing critiquing and doing writing exercises participated in various discussions salons check-in hours guided writing hours and writing games, had private meetings with me and our guest lecturers, and through it all, supported each other. For many of them, the time zone made this even more difficult, but they lived on Odyssey time for six weeks, whether in the U.S., Ireland, or India. I think this class actually produced more words than any previous Odyssey class. Their engagement, passion, and discipline was truly amazing, as was their thoughtfulness toward each other. She also reports, Scott Gray, the Miskatonic recipient, was a linchpin, always looking out for students who might be struggling or who might need some extra outreach. Given the difficult times we are living through, it is great to hear that Odyssey was able to overcome and prevail. Looks like they had a great class as well. I hope to be seeing their bylines on many a book and story in the future. So Cool. Hmm. Yeah, kind of telling of our times. Classes, graduations, all held online or not at all, but we push through. Yep.
1: Yep.
2: So. All right. So the discussion questions you guys sent in some answers. Um, the first question was: If you were a cow, who would you pick as your blood riders? Uh, Clayton said: Superman, Wonder Woman, and the Flash. That's solid. Pretty solid choices. That's solid. Um, Emily said: Black Panther, R.I.P. Chadwick Boseman. R.I.P. man Uh, Aragorn and Dumbledore also very solid choices Mm -hmm. didn't Um, I say Aragorn? yeah I think so (laughs) (laughs) Um, Lexi said Gabby, Olivia, and Justine which just to you know those are pretty solid choices too oh
1: yeah (laughs) how sweet
2: (laughs) Um, Hannah said Wonder Woman, Scarlet Witch, and Athena ooh Scarlet Witch Mm -hmm. yep I like those I do too All right. And then the second question was, what do we think is meant by waking the dragon? So Clayton says that he thinks it would be the same as poking the bear. Mm -hmm. Um, Emily says, don't rock the boat, leave things as they are, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which, yeah. Yeah. Um, And then Lexi says, I mean, waking the beast. Yeah. Just like that. Um, and then Hannah said, "It's definitely just him throwing a bitch fit," <laughs> <laughs> which yes. is kind of what I imagine—like him not even be able to like, actually get like words out. He's yeah. just like, like, like he's so flustered yeah. he doesn't know what to say Yeah, maybe <laughs> that'd be funny. All right. So last episode we talked about Viserys and Daenerys Targaryen. Um, Danny was getting ready to meet Caldrogo, who Viserys hoped would approve of Danny and marry her. So he could have more power and eventually claim the Iron Throne back.
1: Okay, in this episode, uh, we're back to our favorite place, Winterfell, um, where the Baratheons and the Lannisters have arrived. So we get a whole swath of characters um, that uh, have just arrived in Winterfell for us to meet. Um, And Ned takes uh, our king down to the crypts to see where uh, Ned's sister Lyanna is buried. So we kind of find out why. They're going down there. And then the king um, has a very important question for Ned. So something important is going to happen here. All right. But first, wine. Wine.
2: All right. Um, This one is a Chardonnay. It's from St. Hubert's. St. Hubert's. St. Hubert's. Yep. Okay. I guess I didn't know (coughs) anything about St. Hubert's, but y'all know it.
1: Um, And it's called it's called
2: the Stag. And we picked that because. Um, the Baratheon sigil is a stack.
1: Yeah.
2: So I saw it and I was like, yep, time for ASMR. All right, let me.
1: It's very colorful.
2: It's like extremely yellow. It's, it's like yellow. very yellow. But when it first goes in from where I'm sitting, it looks almost like pink.
1: But the bottle that it's in is like makes it real dark looking. Yeah.
2: I like that one. It's better than the yes, other one? Yes,
0: yeah. That's a good one.
2: Oh my god, so much... Oh,
0: so much better. better.
2: Thank you. All right.
0: Okay. So, the king, par- the king's party arrives at Winterfell, 300 strong. Um, we meet some of the people that are included in their party. Uh, first up is Sir Jaime Lannister, and he is twin to the Queen Cersei, and he is part of the King's Guard. Then we have Tyrion Lannister, who is Cersei and Jaime's younger brother. And then we have the Queen and King's three children. There's Prince Joffrey Baratheon. There is Marcella, and there is Tommen. And then we have Sandor Clegane. Um, he is loyal to House Lannister, and he guards Prince Joffrey because he is the heir to the throne. And we're going to go through all of these characters more in-depth in later episodes when they're more prominent, but I am going to highlight a couple right now. Um, So, Robert Baratheon. Baratheon, I looked up the name again. Um, Barath means friend, and Eon means a long period of time. And I thought that was very fitting because um, Ned and Robert have been friends for a very long time. So, um, Robert is Lord of the Seven Kingdoms of Westeros. He has black hair and bright blue eyes. And a heavy black chest heavy black chest hair. He is six and a half feet tall. Um, and Edard says in the book that he doesn't even recognize what the king looks like now because he had gained eight stone. And I looked up what eight stone equaled to in pounds, and it said 112 pounds. So <laughs> since Ned has seen the king last, he has gained 112 pounds.
1: Just a couple, couple.
0: Yeah. Just a little. Happy a weight. LB's there. Happy weight.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, and like I said, it's been nine years since they've seen each other, so he gained all that weight in nine years. Next, we have Cersei, and her name means a goddess or queen of magic. She is queen of the seven kingdoms and is said to have beautiful golden hair, emerald eyes, fair skin, and slender, graceful figure. She is willful, ambitious, hungry, and greedy for power. She hates being excluded from power on account of her gender and resents customs put on her because of her gender. After introductions, Robert asks to go to the crypts of Winterfell where all the dead Starks are buried so he can pay respects to Eddard's sister, Lyanna. The crypts of Winterfell are located below Winterfell and contain the tombs of the members of House Stark. They're... There is a narrow and winding spiral stone step that leads you to the first level of the crypts where there is a long line of granite pillars uh, between which are the tombs of the dead of House Stark. And when Robert asked Ned to take him down to the crypts, Cersei didn't really want Robert to do this. (laughs) Um, But Jaime was just like, shush, come with me, we'll go over here. (laughs) I sense a little bit
1: more of Catelyn in Cersei as well. The boys are back together. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so Robert and Eddard are talking about his journey to Winterfell as they walk down to the crypt. Robert's going on saying it was so long and states that Winterfell is larger than the other six kingdoms combined and he hates how much snow is up in the north. And says that Eddard, you need to come down south. Um, and I have a little excerpt from the book here on page 41. Says, you need to come south, Robert said. You need a taste of summer before it flees. In High Garden, there are fields of golden roses that stretch away as far as the eye can see. The fruits are so ripe they explode in your mouth melons, peaches, fire plums. You've never tasted such sweetness. You'll see, I brought you some. Even at storm's end, with that good wind off the bay, the days are so hot you can barely move. And you ought to see the towns, Ned. Flowers everywhere, the markets bursting with food and summer wines, so cheap and so good that you can get drunk just breathing the air. Everyone is fat and drunk and rich.
1: Sounds like a great place.
0: Yeah, so I just wanted to read that because it kind of describes what the South is like since we've been hearing so much about what the North is like. Yeah.
1: Or what the South is like in 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 King Robert's Robert's eyes. eyes. Yes, exactly,
0: exactly. Um. It says that Robert is a man of huge appetites, (laughs) and Eddard notices that those pleasures were definitely taking a toll on the the king because he is not the same man as he used to know.
1: It's not just food either, yeah. Right.
0: He's taking in all those pleasures of being a king. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And Ned also comments that by the time they reached the bottom of the stairs, the king was completely out of breath. So he was (laughs) so (laughs) out of shape and not the warrior that Ned once knew and loved. Um, I have another quote from the book that I wanted to read again on page 42. Your grace, Ned said respectfully, he swept the lantern in a wide semicircle. Shadows moved and lurched, flickering light touched the stones underfoot and brushed against a long procession of granite pillars that marched ahead two by two into the dark. Between the pillars, the dead sat on the stones, the stone thrones against the walls, backs against the sepulchers that contained their mortal realm. Remains, She is down at the end with father and Brandon. So that kind of describes what the crypts look like when you yeah. get to the tombs.
2: So, um, Ned starts leading Robert down, kind of like down that like hallway that he kind of described, um, in the crypts towards Leanna. Um, it's apparent, I mean, he says it's very cold in there. Um, you can hear footsteps of people walking around above you. And, um, all of the, so it's kind of cool because all of the Lords of Winterfell were carved into stone and that was like put in front of their tomb. And then there was also like their direwolves at their feet carved from stone. Kind Kind of like, um, statues. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. Um,
1: and it's kind of cool that they have direwolves at their feet Yeah. and you think like the Stark kids are having direwolves. Mm -hmm. That's kind of cool.
2: Um, So it says that ancient Winterfell custom was to lay an iron longsword across the laps of those statues to keep the vengeful spirits inside. Um, Ned kind of noticed that a very old one had rusted away and it made him wonder if like now there were ghosts kind of wandering (laughs) around Winterfell. And he hoped not because I guess the person that was in that um, tomb was very... They were hard men, and they were—they swore no allegiance to men.
0: Yeah. yeah, I thought this was interesting because um, in a, the previous episode when we first met Ned, they said that he wasn't a very—I was thinking the same—superstitious man. Yeah. And
1: then <laughs> yeah, he has that thought, and now
0: he has a fun. thought like that: a vengeful spirit is yeah. like wandering the halls of Winterfell.
2: Yeah,
1: and I guess one of the ghosts. Apparently. and I guess <laughs> one
2: of the ghosts that he's worried about he branded himself um, king of the north, so kind of sounds like he was. I wouldn't say power hungry, but
1: I mean that's what they said earlier though, know. is that they were always they th- were kings in the north yeah. before.
2: I
0: thought I thought of it as um since Ned is the king of the north now, the the spirit
2: might want to come and like yeah. take Ned. revenge on him. Yeah. Um so they reached the end of the filled crypts and beyond there there were only empty ones, which are meant for Ned and his family. Um but they stopped at these three. Very specific tombs. The first one is Lord Rickard Stark, who is Ned's father. Um, Rickard is German, and it means powerful and brave. And he is said to have the same long, stern face that um, Ned has, and then I believe we talked about how Arya has it too. Mm -hmm. Um, And he died by wildfire, which is... That sucks. Um, The second tomb is Brandon Stark, who is... Ned's brother and the son of Rickard Stark. Um, he died when he was 20. He was strangled by the Order of Mad King Aerys Targaryen only two days before he was to marry Catelyn, who is now Ned's wife. Um, but she, he was killed for protesting the kidnapping of his sister, Lyanna Stark.
1: I'm sensing some some riptides here. Yeah. it's Yeah, <laughs> I
2: mean, obviously it seems pretty...
1: <clears throat> the Starks and the Targaryens don't seem to... Don't
2: seem to get along. No. Um, so Brandon's father actually watched him die. And I think that's horrible. Um, and he was the oldest son and true heir to Winterfell. So the third and final tomb is Liana, who is the daughter of Rickard and sister to Ned and Brandon. Um, she was described by most as very beautiful. She died when she was 16. Um, and her abduction and death happened shortly before Robert's rebellion, which we won't get into Robert's Rebellion, just like we said. So Lyanna Stark's abduction by the crown prince of Rhaegar Targaryen was one of the leading causes of Robert's Rebellion. Um, Lyanna was betrothed to Lord Baratheon, Lord Robert Baratheon, the youngest head of house Baratheon, while Prince Rhaegar, heir to the Iron Throne, was married to the Dornish princess Elia Martell per a political agreement. So, Robert was in love with Liana. They were supposed to get married. Um, you know, so he's, he's feeling some type of way about... I think he's probably still in love with her. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. for sure. He's, he still misses her and stuff. And he's upset with the fact that she's buried in Winterfell. She, he's, he thinks she should have been buried on a hill under fruit trees with a lot of sunshine and fresh air. Um, but instead, she gets the cold, dark crypts of Winterfell. And he also says that she was much more beautiful than the carving yeah. um, represented her as. Mm-hmm. So he's—I yeah. I just kind of took it. I mean, I know he loves her,
1: but he was like swooning with her. Yes, yeah, so, but I—but yeah. I when I was yeah. reading
2: that part, I was kind of like, yeah, but that's her family, you right. know? Yeah,
1: yeah, and then so that's what Ned Ned reminds her of that, and um, so he reminds Robert that like she died. Ned was by her side when she died. And she told him on her deathbed that she wanted to be buried in Winterfell with the rest of the Stark family. Um, which makes a lot of sense. Um, so, Robert actually killed Rhaegar for what he did to Lyanna. And I'll read this from the from the book, which was pretty good. This is how it kind of how it went down. Um, they had come together at the ford of the Trident while the battle crashed around them. Robert with his warhammer and his great antlered helm. The Targaryen prince, armored all in black. On his breastplate was the three-headed dragon of his house. Wrought all in rubies that flashed like fire in the sunlight, the waters of the Trident ran red around the hooves of their destriers as they circled and clashed again and again, until at last a crushing blow from Robert's hammer stove in the dragon and the chest beneath it. When Ned had finally come on the scene, Rhaegar lay dead in the stream, while men on both armies scrabbled in the whirling, swirling waters but Ruby's knocked free from his armor so um yeah so robert killed rhaegar for what he did to liana so he obviously blamed him for that right um then ned suggests that they return to the castle uh because robert's wife cersei will be worried and robert quickly just nods that off and is like well the others have my wife you know <laughs> let them have her like and like she, he,
2: like he doesn't
0: really care what she's, no, what thinking. she thinks
1: or what she says. He's like, uh, and Ned's like, <clears throat> just trying to get him moving. Um, and so Ned ends up starting to talk about John Aaron. He asks him about her, and, and Robert says that um, it was weird. Um, you know, John Aaron got very sick very quickly, and he died of some kind of sickness in his stomach. Um, and it was hard for both of them because, like we said before, um, when we learned about John Aaron dying. We know that he was a father to both, um, both Robert and Ned. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> and Ned says, uh, that Catelyn is actually afraid for her sister, Liza. Um, and, cause obviously we know John Aaron's wife is Liza. Right. Um, and he asks Robert how Liza is doing with the grief and Robert says that she's not doing very good. And he thinks that the grief has actually driven her mad. Yeah. Um, cause
0: her husband just died suddenly.
1: Yeah, so her response to that was she took her son and she took off um, and returned to the Erie. And Robert didn't like that. And um, he has a good reason not to like that, I think. Kind of delving into it, Robert Aaron was named after Robert Baratheon. Mm -hmm. And Robert had sworn um, to take care of him. And Mm -hmm. it kind of, you know, and she just kind of took off. So Robert was kind of upset about that. And he also. Um, it mentions here that that Robert wanted to send Ty, send um, Robert Arryn to go be a ward uh, with Tywin Lannister, mm-hmm. and basically he said that he didn't trust Liza to raise um, Robert. So um, he, and Ned clearly has some feelings about the Lannisters here. Um, Like we had already said before, right? They only showed up because they were winning. Right. Um, He basically said um, that he would... Ned said uh, he would sooner entrust a child to a pit viper than to Lord Tywin. But he felt his doubts were unspoken. Um, Ned says, uh, well, perhaps Liza is afraid to lose her son, too. uh, Trying to give Liza kind of the benefit of the doubt. Um, And Robert Baratheon kind of describes... (laughs) Um, Robert Aaron a little bit. He described him as a six-year-old and a six-year-old sickly kid. Um, But it's important now because Robert Aaron is now the Lord of the Eerie. So that's pretty important. Um, Mm -hmm. So now they start to walk back upstairs um, and uh, Robert says he needs to speak to Ned about something. Um, And kind of like just hints at it real quick and just says I need, I want you to come back to King's Landing and be my hand. Um, and just to put it in retrospect the the hand is known as the most powerful appointed position in the Seven Kingdoms second to the king. Um, is the king's closest advisor he's a, appointed and authorized to make decisions in the name of the king and he's in charge when the king is gone. And we already know that Robert likes to hunt and do stuff so he's probably going to be gone a lot. So mm-hmm. in retrospect Ned would almost be running the kingdom so right away Ned says he's not worthy of this title and drops to one knee um and Robert pleads and says that he should come south with him you know he already explained why but then he has another reason here he says well Sansa your daughter um can come and then they can then she can marry Joffrey my son and then we can join our houses together um so we already know that that is pretty conceivable. We know that that probably is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ned asks Robert if he can have some time to, you know, talk to the wife. We need to talk to Catlin about <laughs> it. This is a big job, you know? Um, so Robert replies to Ned, um, with, uh, <laughs> with a funny response. He goes, yes, yes, of course. Tell Catlin sleep on it. You might, mu- if you must, the King reached down, clasped Ned by the hand and pulled him roughly to his feet. Just don't keep me waiting too long. I am not the most patient of men. For a moment, Eddard Stark was filled with a terrible sense of foreboding. This was his place, here in the north. He looked at the stone figures all around them, breathed deep in the chill of the silence of the crypt. He could feel the eyes of the dead. They were all listening, he knew, and winter was coming.
0: Winter is coming.
1: Winter is coming, (laughs) yes. So, yeah, that's, uh... That's kind of how the chapter ends there. Um, questions. So now we have some questions to go over. Um, so who would you choose to be your hand of the king, if you were Kago king? Kind Yeah.
2: So I kind of take it to um, Olivia and I work in the same place. We're not going to say where, obviously, but um, we're kind of both in hand-in-hand positions where we're working, I mean, literally hand-in-hand. So I think if I had to pick a right hand, hand of yeah. the king, it would be Olivia. I was gonna say the same thing. (laughs) So I would
0: pick Gabby. Yeah.
1: Um, I would pick my dog. Oh yeah. Yep.
0: (laughs) I think Chris would be a close second for my hand. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, fair enough.
1: Um, so discussing Ender and Robert's friendship, what do you guys think about it?
2: I love it. I love it. I think they're cute. Yeah. I think
1: it's. I think it's boys. They were. They were like battle buddies. They were. Yeah. Well, they were battle buddies, and they were also. I mean, you're betrothed to marry mm-hmm. each other's family you you know it's huge I mean, and, they then together, yeah. and then you grew up together and then you were in war together yeah. and it's just buddies from the beginning so i kind of i like their relationship a lot
0: for sure and i'm
1: hoping we get to see more of their you know
0: interactions interactions
1: and then you get to you know you imagine just the wives just rolling their eyes i like, I, like I think emotions.
2: i like it because like you know that there's I mean, there's obvious tension because the Starks don't like the Lannisters, Mm -hmm. and I think that you can see that. Yes, Ned is like hesitant; Mm -hmm. he's not so sure that he's worthy, or not sure that he even wants to go. But I, I, when I read it or when I think about it, I kind of picture him more like, "Oh, I want to go for Robert." But there's all these other things. Like, I don't when he's picturing going to be the hand of the king. I don't think it's. I think he sees it as a good thing for the two of them. Yeah, but there are whole other. There's a whole bunch of other stuff. That- and yeah. off of that,
0: he's like, I will sacrifice having to spend time with the Lannisters so that I can be with my best friend.
2: Yeah.
1: I think he wants his buddy. Yeah. yeah. He's getting old. He's getting fat, obviously. Maybe he's lonely. He, yeah. And all yeah. he and all he has around him are the Lannisters and we know.
2: And his pleasures. Robert
1: doesn't have. Yeah. Yeah. Robert. He wants <laughs> to really share that with his friend, If You're picking
2: up what I'm putting down. Yes.
1: To. Yeah. yeah so that's pretty <laughs> much it. All
0: right. Cool. All right, so make sure you guys follow us on Facebook at A Game of Wines, A Song of Ice and Fire podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Game of Wines 1 and on YouTube at Game of Wines podcast. Um, That is it for this week's episode of Game of Wines. Next episode, we will be discussing John 1, so make sure you read that chapter before the next episode. Thanks.